This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to have all of you. Bless all you graduates. We pray blessings on you and that God would help you fulfill the dreams, the callings on your life. Great time of life for you to be that age. And all you moms and dads, it's just a new window of opportunity. You know, they were talking about the Havens, all that have graduated, and I got to think, Miss Stacy has had nine children, and so if I do my math right, that being pregnant nine months with every one of those little rascals, that's 81 months. So I thought, that woman was pregnant for almost seven straight years of her life. <laughs> she deserves a purple heart. Bless you. That's incredible. <laughs> Just incredible. Yeah. Well, glad to see you here. Bless all of you. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high. Uh, we're going to begin here in the book of Acts chapter 1, and we're starting on the Holy Spirit today, and relax when I say the word Holy Spirit. I'm not going to go holy roller on you, okay? just going to give you the word of God and pray that this will touch every one of our hearts. I, I don't know, you know, how much news you've watched. I try not to watch a lot. If you need a Bible, again, raise your hand. Our ushers are gladly put the word in your hand. I'm, I'm real grieved this morning with the situation that happened yesterday, and Buffalo, New York, just, um, just the devil, you know, and so this, this is the times we live, but before I even start here, let's, let's just pray right now for that. Father God, we love you today, and Lord, you said you would comfort those that mourn, and all the people that lost their life in such a tragic way, Father God, that you would touch all their family members today. And Lord, you're a just God, and we thank you, Father God, that vengeance is yours. But Lord, we pray right now that everything the enemy meant for evil, you always turn it to good. And Lord, we pray that over the city and those people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Just, just keep them up in your prayer. It's just yucky to me and my heart. All right, you're going to Acts 1, and as you're turning to Acts 1, you remember a year ago, back in February, is when we had that cold spell, and the power grids in Texas begin to fail. And you saw what happens when human beings go without power. It wasn't good. But something even more tragic, I think, is when human beings go without power spiritually. And anytime we think we can fix internal problems with external things or cosmetic things, it's never going to work. And so we have a power supply called the Holy Spirit today. And I'm telling you, just for the next few weeks, I'm going to add stuff each week. Uh, you're going to keep hearing on this. I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. I'm going to let the Word of God instruct you, okay? So we begin in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And he being assembled together with them. Now the he was the Lord Jesus, and he was assembled together with them, the them was the 11 disciples at this point, minus Judas. But it says he was assembled together with them. That word assembled together with them means they were in one accord. They were in unity. And actually, if you keep reading this, in Acts 1.14, it says they were in one accord. Then in, in um, Acts 2, verse 1, they were in one accord. They were in mutual agreement. They, they consented to things that were going on. And so they were in one accord together with the Lord Jesus. 
Now, I want to highlight some things here that the Lord Jesus has died on the cross. He's risen from the grave at this point in his life. And according to the Bible, he, he walked on the earth for about 40 days before he ascended into heaven. This is where he's at in his life. He's on the verge of ascending to heaven. The reason I want to highlight this is this is Jesus' final words face to face with his disciples. Now, if you, if, if you believe this was his final words, don't you think he would really, really, really want his words to count? So he assembled together with them. And it says, he told them not to depart from Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And so we'll get into what the promise of the Father was, but it's interesting that the Lord Jesus said, you've heard it from me. In other words, he endorsed it. So in verse 4, we see the Father, we see the Son. Okay, Verse 5. For John truly baptized you with water, meaning the, the baptism of repentance. To be baptized with water means you have become a, a born again. You've given your heart to the Lord Jesus. John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so what you begin to see in here is verse 4, the Father, the Son. Verse 5, you see the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus is telling these disciples this. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. These are the men that just a few weeks before had completely rejected him, had turned their backs on him. And so he knows these guys are going to lead the, the New Testament church. And he knows the only way they're going to make it is they've got to receive the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. Now, it's interesting to me, he didn't suggest this. He commanded this. You guys can't go anywhere until you get the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't shut down right now just because you hear the Holy Spirit. Again, what this literally means is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you or on the inside of you, it's a process of changing you from the inside out. And this process is a lifetime journey. I, I, I treasure this to think the Holy Spirit would live on the inside of me. Now, I want you to think just a little about, about the words Holy Spirit. Holy. That's exactly who he is. And his desire is to come into us and shape us and form us to be holy. Do you know the Lord said, I'm holy, so you be therefore holy? You're not going to make it without the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, therefore when they'd come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're talking or thinking here of this messianic kingdom, really about political power. You're going to remove the Roman rule. And so Jesus says this to him in verse 7, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So he corrects their misconceptions here. He adjusts their perspective pertaining to the kingdom of God. You remember the Lord Jesus said this? Nobody knows the second coming of the Father. The Lord Jesus said, I don't even know. 
So in this right here, the Lord Jesus has given us a little insight. And he said, don't waste your time on stuff like that. You can't change what's going to happen in, in time. It's just going to happen. So he gets back to the, the meat of what he's talking about in verse 8. Verse 8, most believe, is the key verse of the entire book of the Acts of the Apostle or the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8. But you shall receive power. You don't earn power, you receive power. How will you receive power? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So he's saying here this power is supernatural power. And, and when he ends with what he does here, the focus is on the mission of believers. One that I don't believe can be accomplished without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Now what would happen if we'd keep the main thing the main thing? He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power. You'll be endued with power on high. You'll be clothed with power. I, I, I want us to put aside all the manifestations, okay? Let, let's just focus on power. And the power he's, he's talking about is he will birth within you strength and courage and confidence that only the Holy Spirit can give us. Now, when I go through Scripture... Oftentimes, there are certain things in the Bible that we agree with really, really quick. The Lord said in John 3 to Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. We get that? Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I can be born again. The Lord tells us to repent and confess our sins. Yeah, I, I get that. I get it, Lord. But yet, when we mention the Holy Spirit, even within the church, People think, oh, no, he's going charismatic on me. He's going Pentecostal on me. And, and I think part of this is a, a trick from the enemy to say, man, when you get people filled with the Holy Spirit, you get weird. You're a bunch of granola Christians. You're a bunch of nuts and flakes. But that's not the Holy Spirit that Jesus talks about. And you know the passage I just read, if we went back to Acts 1-2, it said that how Jesus gave commands through the Holy Spirit. Here's your good verse, Acts 10-38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So while Jesus was on this earth, he operated and functioned under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So do I think that's weird? No, no. So my goal here today is to give us just some biblical truths to start this, to understand. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Just some little insights in here. I believe the scriptures will come alive to you again today. I, I ask you to be New Testament taught today. Allow the scriptures to answer some questions, and it will. Matthew 3, verse 11. I, speaking to John the Baptist, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. There it is. The baptism of repentance. I repent of my sins, and I ask Jesus to come in my heart 
and be Lord of my life. And you know what the Bible says? You become born again. When you do that, your name becomes registered in heaven. Very clear. The baptism of repentance. But he who is coming after me, which was the Lord Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, the Lord Jesus would baptize you with the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting in this translation, I'm reading the New King James Version. It says in fire, the baptism of fire. Now, if you've ever studied fire pertaining to the Bible, specifically the New Testament, fire does two things. It destroys and it purifies. Is there anything in your life right now that the fire needs to destroy? Yes. Yes. Is there anything in your life that the fire needs to purify and what that means? It causes the good things to start rising and it takes the scum off the top and then you get refined. So it's interesting to me that he uses the word, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and he'll baptize you with fire. But is there some more deeper meanings to the word fire? Well, go with me to the book of Revelations chapter 3. Revelations chapter 3. And as you're turning to Revelations 3, um, this is one of the seven letters that were written to the churches. Jesus wrote to seven different churches. I, I can just tell you, me personally, I don't spend a lot of times in Revelation. So much of it is symbols and figures and, you know, when you start studying revelations, people will ask you, are you, are you pre-tribulation or are you post-tribulation? And my answer to that is I'm pan-tribulation. Pan? Yeah. I believe it'll all pan out in the end. I, I can't change what's going to happen in time, so why should I worry about it, okay? But Revelations 2 and 3, he writes to these seven churches, and I still believe to this day they're going, ongoing application for the church today. Now, we start here in verse 14, Revelations 3, 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, so the Lord Jesus, if you'll notice, it's red letter words. He's writing to this church in Laodicea. The word Laodicea has the meaning that's very interesting. It, it actually means to a degree they were very arrogant, prideful. The word Laodicea has the meaning that they look more toward the opinion of man than the word of God. Now, I say that because it's very easy in our society to say, well, I can do the same thing. You better be careful. Stay with the Word of God, okay? Keep listening to the Word of God. And many will say, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe my Bible. I'm a Christian, but I believe there's more than one way to heaven. Well, it's interesting, the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only way the Father's through the Son. And I know some people, that may make them mad, but I'm going to stay with the Bible. 
So he's writing to the church of Laodicea. And I'm going to read quickly through verse 14, and I'll highlight real briefly. These things says the amen, which was literally the God of truth, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of creation of God, and that was referring to Jesus as the source, okay? That's in a nutshell, that's what it says. Verse 15, the Lord Jesus says, I know your works. I know your deeds. I know your actions. Actually, I know how you're living. Now, does that make you nervous? The message translation says this way. I know you inside out, and I find little to my liking. I know your activities. I know what you're doing. Now, breathe just a minute here, okay? This was written to church folk, okay? So we could very easily say, and to the church, the faith church at Lubbock, Texas. And he goes on to say that you are neither cold. And so could the word cold right here, could it literally mean you're frozen in apathy? Could it mean cold that there is no evidence of the Holy Spirit moving and operating in your life? And you are neither hot. You're full of the passion of God. And so how do you get hot? You get fire. You want to stay hot? Stay under the fire. Get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting. He says, you're neither cold nor you're hot. This is to the church. So when you're neither cold nor hot, you're stuck in between. You're kind of blended. I, I'm a little cold Monday through Friday, but I get a little hot on Sunday. And when I look at the cold and the hot, I think, well, you know what? I, I act like whoever I'm around. I can act like the cold people. I can be just as worldly as them. But then I get around the hot, and I can act like them. But isn't it interesting? He said, I, I wish you were one or the other. Verse 16, so then, because you are, now I, I marked that in my Bible. Actually, you're welcome to look at my Bible. You got to be careful, the pages will fall out, but you can look at it. But the reason I marked because you are, because I had to look at me and say, because you are, is this me? Because you are lukewarm. Uh-oh. Church people, has my heart turned from the living God to the accepted opinions of mankind? And I wonder what sorry state of teaching has gotten the church into this place where there's no conviction anymore of sin. We frown at the word of God. We, we water down the Word of God. All we want is spiritual candy. You know what? We like M&Ms today. Well, you like plain or peanut. It doesn't matter. We just like spiritual candy. But I'm lukewarm. Now, it gets real graphic here. You're neither cold nor hot. 
and I will vomit you out of my mouth. I, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, this is what the Lord Jesus said. Because you are a nominal Christian, you exist in name only. Ouch. I, I still really wonder it's because of the absence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Now, I'm not trying to be gross here at all, all right? But he says, I'll vomit you out of your mouth. In the natural, why would you vomit? Because there's something in my tummy that is not fitting right. And, and I got to get it out in order to feel right. I got some poison in me. Is anybody in here, have you ever had food poisoning? I've had food poisoning twice in my life. And at first I felt like dying, and then second, I wanted to die. It's like, I'm done. Again, I'm not trying to be gross here. But when I felt that way, I, I felt nauseous, nauseated on the inside. You know how you can throw up real quick? You take this finger right here. You would do that? Oh, yeah, I'd do that, man. When my tummy would get upset like that, I thought, I got I to gotta get that junk out of me. Whatever's in there, you got to find a new home. Rock. Feed the birds. This was the Lord Jesus. Now, this wasn't total rejection because later on he says repent he's, he's giving the church Laodicea a wake up call you've nauseated me Oof. Hmm. verse 17 now he's beginning to dig in why because you say because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy, and I have no need of nothing. You say. So in that statement, you say, it identifies this dude is bragging. This dude is proudful, he's conceited, and he's arrogant. And he said, I have no need of nothing. I got life by the tail. I'm well, I got everything. I don't need God, except I need a little fire insurance just in case this thing ends and I want to go to heaven. But other than that, I don't need nothing. Wow. Now, you see why the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to vomit you out. Hmm. Keep reading. And do you not know? That in God's eyes, you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, you are naked, you are oblivious to the things of the Spirit of God. Spiritually, this is how God sees me. Woo. Man, I tell you, you know, you know when I would read this, you know what would begin to happen with me? I'd start repenting. That's like, oh, Jesus. I don't want to be wretched. I don't want to be naked spiritually. I, I don't want to be any of that. And I'm telling you, the fear of God would begin to come on me. 
Verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me. Buy from me. Now, the wealth of the, the, the things of Jesus, you can't purchase them with money. You can't do that. But he said, I counsel you to buy from me. Look to me. Spiritual wealth. Gold that is refined in the fire. You're going to have to get in the fire. Who the fire? The baptism of fire. Keep me hot. Keep all the crud that keeps trying to resurface in my life out. Thank you, Glory. I mean, they may come teach to you. That you may be rich. That you may be spiritually rich. And white garments. And the white garments, that is a, a, a sign or a signal for my behaviors and my actions. And I start living different. That you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and that you would anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And so what he gets over here, that you may see with your spiritual eyes. That's Luke 24. Luke 24, 45 says that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. That I would begin to see the, 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 the truth of the Word of God. Any of you desire truth in here? I desire truth. Do you know the Lord Jesus said in John 16? He said this about the Holy Spirit. He said, He's the Spirit of truth. He'll lead you and guide you into the truth. I, I need that. I welcome that. You know what he just told us or just said through this scripture? The next time you get in the Word of God, ask the great teacher to come instruct you. Say, open the eyes of mine. Let revelation knowledge come. Verse 19. The Lord Jesus is saying to the church of Laodicea, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. I correct, I discipline, and I guide. To who? To those he loves. That's huge. Let me ask you something. Do you welcome the Lord's correction? Do you welcome the Lord's rebuke? Sometimes it's not always pleasant. Now watch this. Therefore, be zealous. Be zealous. Uncompromising. Let the Holy Spirit reignite zeal within you. That I am on this eager pursuit of the Holy Spirit. So when he says, be, be zealous, let the Holy Spirit reignite that zeal. Literally, the best thing I can say about that is when the Holy Spirit comes back in my life, he puts a pep back in my step. He causes the things of God to come alive. That it changes the way I pray. It changes the way I worship. I, I don't want to be known as the complacent church. I don't want to be known as the complacent believers. 
This is the way we go to church. We go, this is the way. Let's just sit around the fire and sing kumbaya. And if I'm going to serve God, here's a thought for you. I believe it'll help with the zeal of God. I'm not going to give more zeal and energy to the NFL than I am before God. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not going to give more zeal and passion to the entertainments of this world than I am God. And, and I pray that sits on every one of us. And we come in here to worship. You may never have raised your hands before God. Raise your hands. It's an act of expression to God. Ooh, I raise holy hands to my God. Well, the church we grew up to, we don't ever clap. Well, it's in the Bible. Clap your hands. And if you can't clap, just sit close to me. I'll help you. I'll help you. All the praise and worship they will be doing, don't look at him. The drummers are all like, no, no. That's why I sit around all the black folks so they can keep me on. Because the white folk, we ain't got no rhythm. We're all over the place. Used to singing country and western music. That'll goof you up. <laughs> don't tell me that. But he ends and he says, repent. 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 I, I, I just want your heart back. I just want you back. Verse 20. Behold, I, the Lord Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. He stands at the door of your heart and my heart and he's knocking. Think about this. It's like Jesus is knocking on your front door. And what do you do? You go to the front door and you look through the little peaky hole. You say, oh, crap, it's the Jehovah Witness. No, you don't do that. <laughs> it's the salesman. I'm going somewhere else. No, it's the Lord Jesus. And he's saying, please open the door to your heart again. Please let me come back in. Behold, I stand at the door knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and I will dine with him. And he with me. You know what that literally means? He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to slow down in life just enough where I'll take time to sit with Jesus. power of the Holy Spirit here, huh? And when I, I read this here, I can look at it in a whole other light that Jesus was standing outside the church and he was knocking and saying, can, can I come back into the church? And, and so had we replaced Jesus so far for the opinions of men that were like, we don't need you anymore, Jesus. Stay out. Has the church gone that far backwards? But I look at all this and I have the thought, is this a sad state of affair here? Was it a result of, we don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit? And what I find without the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to make it. 
You can't have church without the Holy Spirit. You can't be a believer without the Holy Spirit. I remember a lot of years ago in my life, I gave my heart to Jesus. I heard teaching on it, and I said, I need to receive Jesus, Lord, in my life. I'd been born again for a little bit, and I had the opportunity to hear this man speak on the Holy Spirit. And he said this, I'm going to speak on the Holy Spirit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for about two hours every day. And I said, he said, I want you to come, and I, I just want you to allow the Word of God to soak your heart. And so I went on Monday, and I heard about the Holy Spirit. He said, come back on Tuesday. And I came back day after day. And I kept hearing what the Word of God said about the Bible. And I remember the first time they talked about the Holy Spirit, I was like, the Holy who? But come Friday, I had heard scripture and scripture and scripture. You know what I knew? I needed the one that the Lord Jesus said in John 16. He said, I'm going to send you a helper. You know what I thought? I need all the help I can get. And so I remember walking down there. Luke 11 says that if any of you ask the Holy Spirit, the Father will give him to you. And so I thought, well, you know what? That's what the Bible says. Well, I'm just going to ask him. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And yeah, you can clap to the Lord. It's one of the greatest treasures of my life. And when I'm struggling as a man, I say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. When I'm struggling as a daddy, Holy Spirit, I need help. When you're struggling as a husband, I need help. I'm in over my head. I need help. I need help. I welcome your help. And it's that simple. I just say, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Yeah. Now, I'm going to end with this thought here. You know, you may, you may have been born again. You may have received the Holy Spirit. But do you still welcome him? 22 years ago, this church had just started and we... In a little building on, uh, off of 50th and Q. So we rented it and the landlord said, now you realize you're in, you're in charge of this lawn. You got to mow it. And we're like, okay. Well, that means I had to go buy a lawnmower. We didn't have much money, so I went to Walmart. And they had a $99 Murray lawnmower, push mower. And we bought it. And I became the pusher of the mower. Day after day, week after week, we'd mow that thing. 17 years later, I still had that $99 mower. That dude wouldn't quit. You couldn't kill him. He took a licking and kept on ticking, I promise you. And Shelly was like, get another mower. And I said, why? It still works. And there were days, man, I'd be mowing. It looked like I was spraying the neighborhood for mosquitoes, smoke everywhere. <laughs> but you know what I found out about that mower? If you would just add some oil to it and change it periodically, that thing, man, he, he lived forever. 
And if you look in the New Testament, the metaphor for oil is the Holy Spirit. And there's some of you in here, you're sputtering. You're sputtering in life. You need a change of oil. And there's some of you, your engine called the heart has never had any oil. And you're really playing with friction. Not good. I'm not telling you to get filled with the Holy Spirit today. You've got to decide that in your heart. I, I do encourage you the next few weeks, come back. And I'll tell you, the word of God will minister to you. Why don't you stand on your feet there? I've said this to the Lord numerous times. Lord, I refuse to be a complacent pastor. I won't live in an oasis of complacency. I don't care what I do in life. I play to win. I, I, I don't care what it is. And that's the thing with the kingdom of God. We're, we're not playing with somebody's weak or weekend. We're playing with people's eternity. And I've said, Lord, I, I, I won't pastor a complacent church. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve God with a passion. And so you know what I realize that means? I need to stay full of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that with every one of us. So I'm going to have you bow your head right there where you're at. And I don't know if you're born again today. Only you know that. The baptism of repentance where you come before God here and you repent and you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. And if that's you today, you've never done that, or you need a fresh dedication, I welcome you to come forward right now and say, that's me, I, I need to give Jesus my heart. Never too late to do that. But the second area, just keep your eyes closed right there before the Lord. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to deal with us. If you had to evaluate your heart right now, would you be cold or would you be hot or are you lukewarm? There's only two that really know the condition of our heart, me and Father God. Have I drifted toward the opinions of man above the word of God? Have I looked to the riches of the world above the things of God? I got everything I need. I don't need God. Do you need to repent today? Do you need a fresh touch of zeal today? Do you need God to come back into your heart because Jesus is still knocking? And maybe it's this, um, this simple right here. Oh, Lord, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm, I need to dine with you, Lord Jesus. I, I need to sit at your feet. I need to hang out with you right now. And so I know I'm, I'm throwing up a bunch right here to us. But if any of those fit your heart right now. As our team gets ready to say, I welcome you to come down here, not for my sake, but to say, man, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I get a touch of God. And if you need the Holy Spirit, we welcome you down here. You can ask for the Holy Spirit. Lord, I need the Spirit of God. I need power to die. And so as our team plays, I, I welcome you down here, okay? I, I tell you, I'll be one of the first ones in here. I, I welcome the Holy Spirit. I, I need a fresh touch daily. 
So go ahead, team, sing. And if that's you, I welcome you down here. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the once again for joining us on this podcast to check out more services from faith church you can find our live broadcast on youtube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events how to give and how you can get involved